Hey there, I want to take a quick second to thank you for listening to the Focus Point Podcast. I hope that you find a blessing and encouragement through this episode. I hope that you'll share the episode with your family and your friends. If this is one of your first times catching us, or if you want to find out more about us, or if you want to listen to other episodes, please visit thepointoffocus.com, and there you will find our podcast archive as well as more information. Once again, that's thepointoffocus.com, and once again, I thank you for listening to this episode. Well, if you have a copy of the Bible, you can go ahead and you can open it on up to Psalm 23. That's where we'll be today as we conclude this series called Full and Running Over. Last week, we looked at the first half of Psalm 23. This week, we're going to look at the second half. We're going to focus a little bit more on verse 4, as that's the longest of them, and it's a little bit uh, more in-depth, a little bit more stuff to talk about. Um, The other ones are pretty straightforward, so we'll kind of not breeze over them, but we'll not spend as much time talking about them. Uh, But last week we just talked about some of the things that we need and that the shepherd provides for us and that the shepherd gives us. Um, We'll review that a little bit as we go through uh, these last three verses as I, 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 when I read Psalm 23, I kind of see a circle. It just kind of keeps going around and around. Um, And I'll show you what I mean when we get there. Uh, We're going to start the same way we did uh, last week as we um, are going to read the entire psalm and then we'll just focus in on verses 4 through 6 today. Uh, One other quick thing before we dive in. Um, I'm excited next week we start our At The Movies series. Um, It's Christmas At The Movies though this year. Uh, We we didn't do it during the summer as we have in the past because we were doing the Journey to the Promised Land series and it felt kind of nice to kind of fit it in for a nice Christmas at the movies series. Um, and I'm excited to dive into that uh, starting next week. So without being said, let's read this psalm. It says, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and love or goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So let's let's just get diving in. There's a lot to cover here. Um, as I was just jotting stuff down and just kind of seeing what God had for us, it just kept coming and coming and coming and coming. Um, so much so that uh, if I had an extra week, I would have spent the this entire episode just talking about verse four. So we're gonna we're gonna chip away at it. We're gonna get through it, but um, it's just a little bit. It's a little bit of stuff to talk about. So first things first. In verse four, um, it says, "Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me." Okay. So the first words, even though. These words, um, I, I've done Psalm 23 before. Psalm 23 is one of the first things you memorize as a, as a child, right? If you've been in church, you grew up in church, um, even if you're not in church or anything like that, you still know Psalm 23. And it's used many different places. And so 
many different like environments and and spaces. Um, but even though stood out at me this time, and it says these words um, say that David wasn't writing about the possibility of valleys, but he was saying that there would be valleys or the, the certainty of valleys. So he says, even though, and it just kind of like reminded me, it's like that there, there's going to be valleys in life, right? So it, then the next phrase is, I walk through the darkest valley. So valleys are a part of the journey of life. There's hills, there's mountaintops, and there's valleys, right? We, we spent the whole year talking about this uh, journey to the promised land and, and striving for our goals and accomplishing our dreams and all of that and how we can take steps toward that. And even though we're taking steps toward that, some of the times we hit a valley and sometimes we get up on a hill and we reach like a certain like part of it, but it's not quite the mountaintop yet. It's not quite where we're going as far as, as our goals. And we, we get down in a valley again. And sometimes valleys are caused by us. And sometimes they're just brought on by the natural course, the natural journey through life. There's setbacks. There's different things like that. Um, that happens. Some of the valleys in life, you know, could be financial, relational, health, career. Uh, we just, you know, you get down into those valleys. Sometimes, as I've already said, we put ourselves there. And other times life essentially puts us there. It's not any decision of our own. Uh, we just find ourselves in a valley and then we kind of get out of there. Maybe it's just a hill. So it still feels like we're in a valley, but we're, and so it gets kind of tough to kind of accept those. And then like when we're up on a mountaintop though, it's great. We talked about that a little bit during the journey to the promised land series. When we get up there, when we accomplish our dreams, when we're on the mountaintop, yes, we've made it. And it's exciting. And but then we kind of fall back down into maybe a hill, it kind of but go through it, get to a hill. Sometimes you got to go through a valley, right? Any anything like that. So this this stood out to me. This first phrase, um, even though I walk through the darkest valleys, just says that there that there's going to be valleys in life, and it's important for us to know that. It's important for us to understand that. But then he says, "I will fear no evil, for you are with me." We can be fearless in the valleys. And once again, we, we talk about the Journey to the Promised Land series. One of the reasons why I hooked on to Psalm 23 as a nice little fill-in uh, series um, is because we talked about this kind of stuff. And I felt like it would uh, fit well, kind of, kind of marry well with what we've been talking about all year. And right here, we can be fearless in the valleys. And we talked about that in our strong series as, as Joshua um, said, there's a few things that we, you know, we talked about we can be, right? We can be strong and courageous. We can be fearless because God's with us. God's on our side. And we can be fearless in the valleys. We've seen it over and over with God's people. We ended the Journey to the Promised Land series a couple weeks ago, and we, we talked about how Israel, even though they've experienced mountaintop, then they'd be in a valley, and then like all of this stuff. And when we ended the Journey to the Promised Land series, we kind of talked about them being in a little bit of a valley. They were in captivity again. But God God rescues them, and God rescues his people and we're going to we're going to start that off with the Christmas at the movie series. One of the ways that God rescued us um, has a lot to do with Christmas. And and we've seen it over and over in the Bible. There's lots of different things that I'm leaving out where God comes through for his people. 
Right, you've got Gideon, you've got when he battles the Midianites, you've got Noah, you've got Daniel, Daniel, you've got Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You've got all these different people, David and Goliath, where, where God comes through for his people. Part of the reason for that is, is because God goes before us and behind us. Psalm 139.5 tells us that. Um, God guides us through the valleys. We talked about that last week. Um, as as he, as he leads us along the right paths, God, God guides us. Granted, he wants us to kind of be out of the valleys, he, but he's there with us in in the valleys, and we can be we can be fearless down there because he's with us. We saw that with with Joseph as we looked at his story, and and it kept saying over and over again. And Joshua, I mean, and Joseph succeeded at everything he did because the Lord was with him. And you can say the same thing about that for Joshua. But we can be fearless in the valleys because God is with us and God guides us. God doesn't just, you know, whether we're in there because we put ourselves there, like I talked about earlier, or because life has kind of put us there, the natural course of life, right? Whatever the, whatever the reason we're in the valley, God's there with us. I know it's elementary and I know it's like understandable. Well, oh yeah, we can, but he, he's with us. That's what exactly what the verse says. And then he goes on, your rod and your staff. This is interesting to me. I've, I've been thinking about this for a long time because of the following words. They, they comfort me, right? So, as, as I said last week, David was writing this as as having been a shepherd. A shepherd boy becoming king. Like, he, he was writing this sim, uh, symbolic imagery here. Writing this symbolic psalm from the point of view of a shepherd, but he's writing about God and, and he's using shepherd language, which he was very familiar with. So the rod and the staff, okay, what, like we can say that the the rod and the staff was a symbol of the, the shepherd's protection. So in, in David's case, it was um, strength and protection, right? This is one of the things he used as a as a tool to help, help to protect the sheep. So him saying rod and staff is kind of like him saying, like, this is a symbol of, of the shepherd's protection. So the Lord's protection and strength. The rod was a sturdy wooden stick used as the weapon to fight off wild animals who might have hopped, hopped into the pen, tried to make an easy meal out of the sheep. And the rod was also used for discipline at times, as it makes, as it makes sense. And so we we look at this and we can see this um, th this imagery now. It's kind of like okay, so he's carrying a rod. He's there to protect us. He's there to fight for us, as we've already talked about this year as well. Then the staff is a symbol of the shepherd's guidance and love and mercy. The the, the shepherd um, carried this staff, and typically. The staff was a long, slender stick with a hooked end, and it was primarily used to direct the sheep, right? They were notorious wanderers. Sound familiar? Like, when we read this song, we sometimes go like, yeah, sheep are crazy. You know, sheep are, just get themselves into all sorts of messes. Yeah, yeah, they do. <laughs> they do. And the thing is, is so do we. The sheep find themselves in valleys or in precarious positions because they, they're wanderers and so are we. 
So this is a symbol of God's, or this is a symbol of God's guidance, love, and mercy. He's keeping us on the path, and you know, or he, it's also used to get them out of a, a precarious spot. The hook on the end could scoop them out of a, a rushing stream or out of a hole that they've gotten themselves into. They can find themselves in trouble, but the, the rod and the staff are there to help them. And it says, though, that they, they comfort me. They comfort me. It's interesting that the, the, the staff would comfort, but the rod not so much, because we know that a rod is meant for discipline. And we're not going to say that the shepherd doesn't use it for discipline as well. I mean, if a sheep kind of like may tap it or, you know, whatever, typical, typical disciplinary stuff for the shepherd to do to the sheep. And it says here, um, they, they comfort me though. And it says that this idea is interesting to me and it always kind of has been. It's like comfort, a, a disciplinary thing. Some people think that the rod and the staff were the same. Like the hooked end was the, like it was just a, a wooden stick, right? That the shepherd could turn it over and use the other end, the not hooked end, as the rod. But I think that would have been used in some other way, said in some other way. Um, it's said to be separate in this in the psalm. So I think they were two separate instruments. And they were used as a comfort, Right. It helped him, even in the valley of the shadow of death, even in the darkest valley, to know that God had guided him, and even through correction. Wow, like we said, discipline, right? We're in the we're in the valley. Sometimes that's good enough. Other times, maybe we need a little bit more of a nudge. It is a great comfort to know that God will correct us and guide us when we need it. And sometimes, even when we think we don't need it, or sometimes when we're being stubborn about it, God still will guide us and protect it, protect us. Together, the rod and staff paint a picture of the divine shepherd. He's strong and he's competent and he's trustworthy. He is always present with his sheep. He is able to defend them and watch over them through all kind of dangers they face. Knowing that we have such a shepherd who is already and ready, who is already there and ready to protect us from danger, keep us close, and rescue us when we go astray, is truly a great comfort to us. Once again, David is writing about sheep because he's writing about, but he's using this imagery to talk about us as human beings as we follow Jesus. Because we look in John chapter 10, uh, verses 1 through 17, you can look that up a little bit later, but it talks about Jesus being the good shepherd. And uh, that Jesus wants us to have life to the full, and that things that that um, the the enemy, right, whatever it is, has come to steal, kill, and destroy. But that Jesus wants us to have life to the full, and that we have to listen to the shepherd. We have to follow the shepherd. It says that the shepherd hears the voice of the the, the sheep hear the voice of the shepherd and recognize it. We, we talked a couple weeks ago about the whispering spot, hearing the voice of God or of Jesus, right? We've got to be in that right spot. we got to have our ears tuned to the shepherd's voice in order to hear him, in order to know what he wants for us. Because we all need to follow the shepherd. 
all of these things are true, that he guides us and protects us and he wants what's best for us and he wants us to have life to the full, which tells us that he, he wants us to accomplish our dreams and our goals. But he wants us to do it with him. And that he is the good shepherd. And I believe that's what David is trying to paint this picture here. But he keeps referring to himself and us as sheep. But then he goes on and it kind of changes pace from here. As we go into verse 5. Um, where it says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. And the first part of that is, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. The table is an image that David is trying to give us. The shepherd provides all the things we need, even in the presence of all the other stuff. Even in the presence of the enemies, even in the presence of the valleys, even in the presence of all of the financial, health, relational, career, friends, whatever it is. Even in spite of all of the problems, the enemy um, just wants us to be taken out by that kind of stuff. But the, the shepherd still provides all the things that we need right in front of them. The table shows the shepherd's goodness and mercy that he's still willing to provide for us. He's really still willing to give what we need in spite of all that stuff. In spite of maybe the problems we cause for ourselves, the, the enemies, if you will. But he lays out this table for us right there in the presence of all of us. He's still goodness and mercy to us. Then it says, you anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. And this is where the this, this series title comes from, Full and Running Over. Is, is our, th this, this image of circling back around. Where we, we talk about how the shepherd provides us with the things that we need. And this verse is kind of the beginning of like what circles back. Right? You could say, my cup overflows. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Right? He makes me lie down in green pastures. You can just go into repeat, right? You can even do it with verse 6, and we'll get there in just a second. But you can see it here, how this goes back around. And the, our cup overflows with everything that the shepherd has done. And we should hold the cup upright so we can see it overflowing for us. We can see the, the all the things that God has given us and that it just overflows our cup so amazing to see that if you look at the image of this of you if you look at the 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 image for this series you can see that the cup that's in that picture is running over and it's dripping off the table that it's sitting on our cup overflows with all the things that god does for us with all the things that he provides us our cup overflows it's amazing and here's where the kind of like the review comes in for last week. But it says, And surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Surely goodness and love, surely goodness and mercy, surely goodness and kindness, whatever you want to say, but goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And it says that goodness, right, is all the things that we've mentioned in the series that we need and that is provided for us. The rest, the provision, the guidance, the restoration, the comfort, the protection. All of these things that we've mentioned already in, in last week's episode. If you haven't heard that, we can go back and check that one out. But that's the, the goodness. 
Surely goodness will follow me all the days of my life. All these things that the shepherd provides for us. If he is our shepherd, he's going to provide for us no matter what. He's not going to let us be anything else. That's what a shepherd does. He goes along with the sheep no matter what they do, no matter where they go, no matter how they act. Um, some of this also is in Matthew 18 um, where he talks about a, a, a wayward sheep and that the shepherd goes and he, and he finds that sheep and he searches for that sheep until that sheep is found. That, that the shepherd goes out of his way to rescue that sheep from harm. God goes out of his way to rescue us as well. We're going to talk about that. I'm excited for our Christmas at the movie series. But then it says, surely goodness, and then it says in mercy. And as I mentioned, it's also said is love, but it's compassion or forgiveness towards someone with um, someone whom it is with one's power to punish or harm. You see, the shepherd shows us mercy it shows, the shepherd shows the sheep mercy. Let's start there first. Even though, like, he could just let it go. Well, fine, you wandered off again. You can go ahead and you can fall into the, the river or fall into a hole and or fall um, prey to the wild animals. But he shows mercy and he goes and he gets that sheep. We've talked about it when in the like, said God does the same thing for us. Whether we're in the valleys, whether we got there on our own, or circumstances that life has taken us to the valley, the shepherd shows continuous mercy when we deserve something else. When we deserve what um, what's coming to us, right? We can um, find ourselves in these spaces, but the shepherd continues to go down in there with us and kind of bring us back out the other side. That's the goodness and mercy of the shepherd. And it, the goodness and mercy of the shepherd will always be with us and for us and around us. Always. And then it said, um, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Because the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. So you can stop at verse 5 and you can say, my cup overflows. The Lord is my shepherd. Or you can end it here with, um, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever because the Lord is my shepherd. But I understand sometimes that the Lord may not be your shepherd. Because, I mean, let's face it, sometimes maybe there are sheep without a shepherd. I think Jesus talks about that as well. Probably in that same, I said I think because I think it's in the same areas of the, the passages that I mentioned. And it's like, he, he says it before um, he feeds the 5,000, I believe, because it looks at them and they were like sheep without a shepherd and he had compassion on them. I could be wrong, <laughs> my exact location of that, but I do know he says that he has compassion on them because they were without, without a shepherd. And I wonder maybe if, if you're without a shepherd. And I... I want to ask, like, is the Lord your shepherd so that you can have everything that you need, so that you can lack nothing, so that you can have the rest and the guidance and the protection and the provision and all the things that we've mentioned so far? Because you can have got the shepherd's goodness. Is the, is, is the Lord your shepherd? And I hope that he is, but if he isn't, it's really simple to to have him become your shepherd. 
sometimes, and I've said this before, sometimes make it difficult to to start following the shepherd. And really it's not. It's really just simply turning from what you're doing and going back. It's turning from your wandering, from your, your wayward, your waywardness, if that's a word, and, and, and turning and, and going toward the shepherd and accepting his invitation to be in his flock, to be with him. And as I said, sometimes this gets overcomplicated and it's really just simple turning and accepting what Jesus did for us and it's accepting what um, what's what's true saying that that we messed up and that that we needed a savior and that Jesus died for us and that he rose from the dead and the Bible says that we will be saved it goes something like this if you've never done that you can do it right along with me you can just say um, God I in need of a shepherd I'm in need of your help I'm in need of your guidance and your provision. I know that you sent Jesus to die for me. I know that you rose from the dead for me. And that I'm just calling on his name. That, that I need his help and I need his guidance. And as simple as that. Simple as that. You can find one solid prayer to pray in Romans 10 9 through 13 and you can read that prayer and that's pretty much this in, this way of doing it because it says everybody that calls on the name of the Lord will be saved and that's in that passage in Romans 10 and you can go check that out too and you can rewind this and you can pray that prayer that we just talked about or you can uh, pray that passage of scripture and it says that you will be saved it's that easy and then you and God can sort out the rest of the stuff you don't have to come to him in this perfect way. If you if you if you if you prayed that prayer, if you're looking for where to start, maybe you're new to this. You can read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and you can see what Jesus did for people that came to him. Simply turning and coming to him, knowing that they needed him. Jesus didn't shoo them away or tell them to clean up first or do this or do that or anything like that. He let them come to him, and it's just miraculous to see. The good shepherd in action. This this goodness and mercy that the good shepherd has. And um, if you want to continue with us, we're going to dive into that a little bit more in um, our Christmas at the movie series. I'm dead. I'm dead serious when I think that this series is going to be powerful for us all. It's probably going to be one of the best best at the movie series that we've done. But I'm but I'm excited for it. And once again. Romans 10, 9 through 13, if you want to find a way to make Jesus your shepherd. And if you did do that, if you prayed with me along the, along the way there, um, get plugged in to, to a local church. Don't, don't start this alone. Uh, continue listening to this podcast. Find other podcasts to listen to. Just dive in to this journey with Jesus. Dive into it. Read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That's one way you want to know about Jesus. I often say to the kids that I that I teach at my church, I often tell them, like, if you want to know about somebody, you're going to pick up a book about that somebody, right? You're not going to find out about Abraham Lincoln or Michael Jordan or Taylor Swift or whoever you're trying to figure out about. You're not going to find any information about them in a Benjamin Franklin book. You have to pick it up and you're going to find everything that you need to know about Jesus, especially in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But that whole story of um, 
the Bible is, is just as important. So I encourage you to do that. Um, I encourage you to come back with us next week as we start the Christmas at the Movie series. So we'll see you then.